Hey friends, welcome to the Cultivate Hope podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Robinson, and I want to invite you to come alongside me as we hear stories, gain wisdom, and even some helpful tools from some of my friends. These are people who have experienced challenging seasons of life that have tested their faith. We can all learn from those who've dug those deep trenches and have found their way to the other side of hopelessness. So let's start digging together and cultivate hope. Welcome back. Today we are talking about a situation that most of us have gone through or will go through in life, but it is considered almost taboo in most Christian circles. Yes, today we are talking friendship breakups and why they aren't just okay, they're sometimes necessary. To help us break down how we can still walk in grace while holding healthy boundaries is none other than the one who coined the term friendship breakups and practically broke the internet, Blake Gishay. You might know her as the host from the Crappy Christian Podcast, from Instagram as at the girl named Blake, or as the founder of the company Crappy Christian Co. She is a wife, mother, mentor, commentator, and now author as we will also be discussing her upcoming book, Confessions of a Crappy Christian. It releases October 11th, so make sure you hit the pre-save on that one. What this episode is not is a permission slip to isolate from relationships. What this also is not is a virtual pat on the back for walking away from any challenging relationship. There is a fine line between discomfort and dysfunction. And we highly value relationship around here because God highly values relationship with us and for us. So now that we have that out of the way, I cannot wait for you guys to hear this conversation. So please help me welcome Blake Guichet. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Thank you so much for coming. So you have a book coming out October 11th. Yes. Called Confessions of a Crappy Christian. Yes. And I can already tell y'all it is amazing because she pre-released to those who have pre-saved, which you can still do, go pre-save her book, and you can get um, access to the audio audiobook version. And I have already almost finished it. I'm super, super close. But I can go ahead and tell you that it is fantastic, that it's a book you're going to want. It has touched my soul deeply. I feel seen. I feel understood. I feel like the veil has come down and I can just relax in whatever place in my faith I'm in, whatever part of my journey I'm sitting in. So I just want to encourage you to go pre-save her book. And I want to ask Blake, for everybody listening who may not be familiar with Crappy Christian, what is a Crappy Christian? Yeah. Uh, so the concept came from 2 Corinthians 12, 9, where Paul's talking about God's grace being sufficient for us and his power being made perfect in our weakness. Then he says, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. And back, you know, three and a half years ago, when I started all of this, uh, I just found that lacking in this sphere. I found a lot of curated surface level precious Christianity and I needed messy. I needed like down to brass tacks. I needed people talking about real things and not about just like lofty theological ideas. Um, and so I kind of, it was one of those, if you can't find it, make it kind of things. And so I launched the podcast was my 30th birthday present to myself in 2018 about 
two years later, I was approached by Tyndale and they asked if I wanted to essentially write a book about all of the things that I've been talking about. And so then, yeah, the book comes out October 11th and it is just my heart and soul and story on paper. I freaking bled out over that book for a year. And so obviously it's so nice to hear somebody say that they felt seen and understood. Cause that's kind of the point is like, you're not alone in your, in your stuff. The pressure is off. You and God are okay, but also he's not going to just leave you where you are. You know, he does want to see you like grow and look more like him. And it's kind of the balance of holding those two things in your hands. Yeah. I love that. I, I really gained a lot from that as far as the balance between doing and being Mm-hmm. was you laid that out really, really well in the book to where I felt like, okay, I yeah. can just be and it's enough. Yeah. And God's not worried about my checklist. He's not worried about how many Bible verses I memorized today. I can just sit and be with him and know that he wants me as much as he does when I'm reading my scriptures and doing all my things in that moment yes. as he does then. Yes. So real quick, we start every podcast show with the same question. How would you, Blake, define hope? Oh, I think hope is hope indescribable. Like hope is almost indescribable for me. It's something that doesn't make sense. It's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's a beam of light in a really dark room and it's holding on to what's been promised to you. Even when the world is telling you that that promise isn't real. That's good. I like that. I like that a lot. So my next question is, you talk a little bit about this idea. I wanted to tackle this for just a minute because I think this is really, really big in culture right now, especially Christian culture, Mm -hmm. is this idea of pedestals and Mm -hmm. celebrity Christianity. You kind of hit the ground running with that in the very beginning and mentioned it a couple of times and how we just put these leaders on these ethical pedestals And then they have these moral or ethical failures and we just plummet. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about that and kind of where you see the line between even accountability and cancel culture? Yeah. So there's a quote at the end, at the, I'm sorry, the beginning of every chapter. I'm a big like quote, I don't know, word picture kind of person. And the quote at the beginning of that, one of those chapters is by James Dobson. And he says, anytime you put someone on a pedestal, if they move from the left or the right, they're going to fall off of it. And it's this again, balance between responsibility and accountability because scripture is very clear, especially for our leadership of, you know, what those people, they're held to a, to a different standard pastors, specifically elders, but at the same time, they are still human and being held to a different standard to me, like does not equal you are now going to be completely sinless mm-hmm. and perfect. And I'm going to like, it's like, we've separated these people from their humanity. And to be honest, like even just as an Instagram, like influencer or whatever, I see people do it to me too. Like remove me from my humanity and whether that's like their expectations of me, the things that they say to me, I'm like, I am a very, very normal mom and wife that lives in Southern Louisiana that like, just like a bunch of people know my name now. Like that's literally the only difference, you know? And so, um, I, 
I talk a lot about cancel culture on my like Instagram platform because the mob has come for me a couple of times. And I'm a big believer that if you don't bend the knee, like you can't cancel someone that's not sorry. Yeah. I'm not sorry for sticking to the gospel. I'm not sorry for saying what I believe. And so like, I mean, you can try, but but (laughs) like, it's not going (laughs) to, it's not going to go anywhere, you know? Um, but I think that there's a different, there is a difference between, cancel culture and, and, and like the quote unquote, like mob trying to cancel someone for their beliefs that often like line up with scripture and therefore make them uncomfortable. And there being accountability for like these pastors that are predators or, you know, who are spiritually abusive. Cause I've been in that, I've been in that room too. So I just think it's a, it's a conversation that just needs to be had that isn't being had. Instead, we like have these pastors suffering in silence and then like committing suicide or having these, like you were saying, fantastic blazes of glory that they go down in. And it's like, well, how did we get here? And it's like, man, if we could just be a little more honest, if we didn't feel like we were on a pedestal that we were going to fall off of, maybe those things wouldn't happen. I completely agree. And I think you've actually created this really cool middle area category for people who want to or who have something to say from the Lord in the Christian realm who have a message who have a passion for something in particular or just you know somehow people like to listen to them you know yeah like like on podcasts like on your podcast and they just love to listen to what you have to say about it because you have great insight and you have great revelation and knowledge about things And I think you created this really, really great middle category for people who are like, okay, I'm not looking to have all of these photo shoots and have, you know, this huge sect of my life be me flying around in planes and looking, you know, trying to curate everything to look really luxurious. Right. It's not that it's, Mm -mm. Hey, I am a soldier in a battle. Mm -hmm. I'm on the ground. I have a message from the Lord. And I'm going to live my life and I'm going to be who I am. You're not going to change me. This doesn't change me. The message changes hearts, but right. the position and the appointing doesn't change who I am. And Absolutely. I just love that because it Thank opens you. a door yeah. for so many other people to feel like, oh, it's not about wearing the perfect outfits and sitting around a table with all these other really established leaders in the Christian church and looking perfect and saying the perfect thing and learning the lingo Christianese Mm -hmm. and all these other things. It's about expressing the heart of God and loving people well and being real. Yeah. Just need more people who are real. Yeah. Yeah. And I think in our, in our humanity, like we're messy and there's this idea of Christianity that it's so like curated and perfect and then therefore unattainable and people don't know what to do with that. And so I think that's why part of why we're seeing people leave the church in droves is because of this curated in my house, like in my circle, we call it precious, like I precious Christianity. It's like the pink and the flowers and the you go girl. And like, we're only going to talk about Proverbs 31 women and like, no, like my favorite color is black. And like, I don't really like flowers that much. And like, I cuss sometimes I'm working on it, but like, I'm just a person. Like there is nothing luxurious about my life. There is literally nothing luxurious about my life. I love it. I'm one of those people who I love me some luxury. 
I'm as glittery yeah. as it gets. I'm like pink glitters in my blood. Like yeah. if you were to cut me open, pink glitter would just be everywhere. That. Yeah. That's just my vibe. Yeah. But my life isn't like that. I'm not, right. you know, it's, it's just not, it's messy. I've got three little kids. I live in a mess 90% of the time. Right. I'm wiping faces and butts. Who like, even knows? Right. Who right. even knows? It's just, Same. it's messy and that's life and it's relatable. Right. And that's what we need to see. And that's what we need to hear is people just encouraging us in our day-to-day life, being normal people, trying to follow the heart of God and Amen. trying to just be loved. Yeah. That's it. We absolutely. just want to be loved and we want to be seen. Yeah. So I love that. That leads me to my next question, which is what we're going to talk about today. As most of you have seen in the title today is about um, friendship breakups. And that's something that no one is talking about. Nobody yeah. talks about it, but Blank <laughs> talks about it on the internet. She's been talking about it for a while. And I think it's really refreshing to hear her vulnerability in that. And I also think it's something that we need to talk about because in Christian culture, it's taboo. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things where it's like, you what? Like mm-hmm. you're not friends anymore. Mm-hmm. That's so unchristian of you, or that's so unloving. And it puts this pressure on us and the shame and this guilt of staying in unhealthy spaces when honestly, it's not the best thing for us. It's not the best thing for the other person. And we could, we're staying chained to things that are just pulling us down in life. And it's causing all these ripple effects in our personal life, in our emotional, our mental, everything. And it affects everything because Mm -hmm. relationships are what we're built for. Right. So I want to have you talk a little bit about friendship breaks up. She addresses it in her book a little bit. And I think y'all, I'm just saying, I'm going to say it again, go buy the book. It's so good. (laughs) You need to hear her take on all of these important topics, but go ahead and just share a little bit about friendship breakups and why that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. So 2019 and 2020, I had three back to back, like brutally painful friendship breakups and they were, (laughs) it was rough. Uh, Mm. and then what was crazy about it, that was like, it was kind of like, I was in the tumult of it for 2019 and 2020. And then 2021 was the year that I just was like left with all this pain and all of these like gaping wounds. And like, they were over, like the friendships were done. They were in the rear view. And I was just like, why am I still in so much pain? Why have I not, you know, I think that that's another like unfortunate Christian thing is like, Jesus heals you and like, boom, you're done and everything's fine. And like, let's move on. And that's just not like healing isn't linear. And it's, it's, it's not a straight shot. It's okay to feel broken up about things that you thought, think that you think, or that somebody else is telling you, you should be healed from. And, and there is a pretty good chunk of the book. That's about this, about just kind of like losing people that you thought you were going to take with you and the different reasons that we can lose those people. Um, one of like the more, I don't know, like you said, kind of taboo things that I've talked about is I lost a lot of my friends due to my success. Um, there's no way to say that without being like, sounding like, eh, like I was so successful. And like, people don't want to be friends with me, but <laughs> no, um, we're not taking it that way. I promise. But what's crazy is that it's like, this is biblical. Like I'm not the first person to walk through that. Like there's scriptural examples of like the, the most you know memorable one is Saul and David, like David and Saul were besties. And then David kills Goliath. He, just, you know, explodes into notoriety. And then like, you got Saul trying to kill him, you know? Um, and so 
I unpack that a lot, but more than anything, my hope is that people kind of like what you said, walk away from it, understanding like friendship breakups are normal. And part of me thinks if we didn't have that mindset of holding on to our friendships so like white knuckly, if we understood that like maybe sometimes some people are supposed to walk into our life and then out of our life for a season, if the friendship breakups wouldn't be so spectacular, if we would be able to like love one another and be like, like, I'm so thankful for the time that we had. And like, that time is over and that's okay. Like part of me wonders if we held our relationships differently, if friendship breakups wouldn't happen, but they do. Um, and I was literally just voice messaging with a friend this morning, who's kind of going through something similar. And I was telling her, I might get a little emotional about this, but I was telling her, like, there was a time when my life felt so empty. And I thought it was going to be that way forever. Cause I was like, okay, God, like I can, I can see, I can recognize that you pulled these relationships out of my life for a reason. They weren't supposed to come with me. They were like, you were saying they were holding me back. They were toxic. They were, you know, painful. So like, I guess that like, you know, just, I've got like my husband and my best friend and like, that's, we're just going to like, you know, we're going to soldier on this way. And the last like six months or so, God's been like putting, drifting people into my life who like love me where I am, who cheer on my success, who are there, who see me for who I am. And I was literally like getting out of the shower this morning. And I was like, my life is so full. Like my life has so much love in it. And I don't think I thought that I'd get here. And so like, it's not just that like God is going to be faithful to maybe take those relationships out of your life. But he also like, I think of it as pruning. I talk, I give this like really big example in the book of like pruning from the outside looking in can look like killing because you're just like hacking these branches off, but you have to do that for the fruit to grow. And so like, yeah, the pruning sucks. And yeah, you may have a season of emptiness, but like God is, I really do believe that God's going to restore that stuff like a hundredfold. And I'm kind of like a walking, talking picture of that. Wow. That is, I feel like something that we all can relate to because very, very few people make it through elementary school, middle school, high school, college, with all of their friendships intact. No. It's just not going to happen. If you're lucky, you get to take a couple. I have yeah. two friends that I've had since sixth grade. Yep. We've seen every season of life together. I don't have to update them on my history. But, like, that's it. And that's okay. I don't have many of the same friends that I had five years ago. Because my circumstances have changed so much that, like, my friendships changed. And... I think I saw that as a bad thing for a really long time. And now I'm like, maybe we just have our definition of friendship really jacked up. <laughs> I would have to agree. I still think there's a level, talk, talk about this for a second. When you do have friends, like you said, you have some from way back that you still have for a while, just a couple. Yeah. I have a couple of those myself. And there are certain friendships where you both agree to say, okay, we're going to work at this. Like I'm yeah. in, I'm a hundred percent in you're a hundred percent in. I feel like it's almost like we talk about covenant marriages. I do think there's a thing as covenant Same. friendships. I Same. really do. I believe in it deeply because one of my, like my best friend, we had a tumultuous time during like a period of our life where it was just really tough and lines mm-hmm. were crossing and we had to take a break for a minute, Yep. but it didn't mean it was over. It just yep. meant, Hey, we're going to take a minute. 
gonna take I'm a gonna break. figure me out. You yep. figure you out. Let's figure us out. I complete. I love yeah. the idea of covenant friendships. I because I think I do think that that's something that kind of like only God can ordain. Yeah. Um, but I do think He does. I have a friendship like that. I mean, she is my person. Like she is my. There's dead bodies in the trunk phone call like <laughs> and we have those yes. we, everybody has those and we had a very similar season it, ours was actually um kind of like these two back-to-back tumultuous seasons where she was really going through something and I had to speak some hard truth to her and then she I was going through something I was going through something she had to speak hard truth to me we kind of like took a little break uh she moved to China it's oh, fine okay yeah uh that didn't take any therapy to deal with and then now like we're both moms and wives and you know do life together and she's my person and so I, like I that's one thing I do also mention in the book is that God is also a God of restoration you know there's yeah. I have another friend that I'd had since childhood who we went our separate ways because of political differences yeah. and she actually has since like come back and apologized for the way that wow. she handled things and that relationship will never look the same but I love her and that relationship is such a picture of like that God can do so much more than we ever like think because I would have never ever thought that that would come back around um so yeah I think that it's a it's a again I feel like I'm going to use this word balance like seven bajillion times in this one conversation but it is a balance of like forgiveness like that's a whole nother thing that I talk about in the book about like forgiveness and boundaries and that like Mm -hmm forgive and forget is not a Bible verse, (laughs) you know? And yeah, no, like sometimes you need to remember what has been done so that you can set appropriate boundaries. And yeah, relationships are just so complex. And again, like just a really necessary conversation. And it's something I went through these like three, just super traumatic friendship breakups. And then it was like crickets. And I was like, why is nobody, I know because then I felt like I was the only one. Right. I was like, I must be the only person that's ever gone through a bunch friendship breakup. Yeah. So I kind of like tiptoed onto the internet with it and was like, not like with the stories. Cause that is part of it is this is somebody else's story to tell too. So you sure. have to like, there's a level of respect, but just kind of being like, hi, um, is it, anybody else struggling with this? And it was, there was like, my DMs just blew up and I was like, oh, okay. Okay, cool. Like we're all struggling. Just nobody's talking about it. Got yeah. it. Yeah. We, I was part of that. I was, yeah. when you said that I was like, and you put a perfect name to it. I never heard, no one says friendship breakup because that mm-hmm. is what it is. Cause it is. we always talk about making friends as moms, as like dating, mm-hmm. like that's essentially, right. right. I mean, exactly. Doing. So right. why would we not call it a friendship breakup? That's the perfect name for it. But I feel like some people in our lives, when you were talking about, you know, covenant friendships and then some people like with boundaries, boundaries are vital and you need to have them with everybody, even your yep. covenant friends but you need to have more with other people because I feel like when you were talking, the word contract popped into my mind and I'm just thinking some people we put in covenant category Mm -hmm. when we're just a contract to them. Mm -hmm. There are clauses that we may or may not know about. Mm -hmm. There are, um, that you're going to break and then be like, Oh crap. I didn't even know that was there. Yes. There are expectations. (laughs) There are, And if that's not communicated, you are disposable. Exactly. Contract can be null and void at any point. Yep. You know, you can have a friendship divorce at any point. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's something that we could learn is 
boundaries and what, what do those boundaries look like within friendships Right for you? Like, what would you, if you could give advice to someone yeah. listening, who's like, I don't know what's a contract friendship and what's a covenant friendship. How do I separate the two? Yeah. How do I recognize red flags? What are some red flags of a bad friendship? Yeah. Okay. So I have multiple thoughts. First, um, my therapist gave me this really great word picture that I'll share for like your circles. She was like, you have to think of your life as a house and your house has a fence. And there are some people that belong outside the fence. They, they should not be coming anywhere, even remotely near to your place of living. Yes. She's like, and then there's some people that can come in your yard. There's some people that can sit on your front porch. There's some people that you welcome into your living room. And then there's these like choice people that are like, it's not weird for them to walk into your bedroom. I didn't know where to put people. Uh, so like, every, it was like, everybody was in my living room and it was chaos and painful and there were no boundaries. And so that was really, really helpful for me. Another thing I think is this idea of like relational equity, like a bank, like is someone depositing into your life more than they're withdrawing? That's yeah. a really big red flag for me. Um, and that that's some people get kind of like bristly about that. Cause they're like, Oh, like you're just expecting stuff from other people. Like, no, I know myself and I'm a great depositor. I just, yep. I'm a really good friend. And I know that about myself and I know how to love people really, really, really well. Mm -hmm. The trouble comes when you realize that you may not ever talk to this person if you didn't text them. Oh, that's a word right there. The problem comes Ooh. when you realize you may never see them if you didn't set up plans. The problem oh. comes when you know everything about their life and then you realize they don't know anything that's going on in your day to day. They don't know anything about what you're walking through. To me, oh. those are red flags. And that doesn't mean that you like burn those bridges or that people are disposable. I think that there's a responsibility to, ha to have a difficult conversation to be able to say like, Hey, are like, cause sometimes I've had these conversations and that person is act like, I actually don't know everything's going in their life and they're drowning. And I'm like, okay, let me be a life preserver. But sometimes like in those conversations, you find out that like, you just don't mean as much to that person as they do to you. And that's a Oh, like that's such a painful realization to come to, Yes. but then that allows you to like put people like that person needs to, they need to go in the yard. <laughs> Sounds terrible. <laughs> like they need to go or in the, the garage. Yeah. Right. Like they need to move out of the inner sanctum yeah. and they need to move out. And yeah. Darius Daniels is one of my favorite pastors and speakers and authors. And he has, I can't find it anywhere. So I probably shouldn't share about it, but he has this really incredible series called, called um, who's at your table. And he talks about like putting people in their places, kind of like, he's like, if you have a basketball team and everybody's playing the same position, the basketball team's going to lose. He's like, yep. people need, like you need, you need to be able to know people's strengths to be able to put them in their correct positioning in your life. My mom always says like, you wow. don't go to a lamp for a hug. Like there are some people that like, when I'm real hype about something, that's not the person to go to because they are just not excitable. You know what I yep. mean? And so yep. I think we just, especially in Christian culture, I don't know why, like we're so bad at relationships sometimes we are. is because it's like, we kind of like I was talking about in the beginning, we hit everything with like, oh, like 
forgive and forget and kindness and like Jesus. And I'm like, yeah, but like Jesus put people in their place. One of my favorite examples from scripture is the last supper. Jesus is sitting there with all of his people. He knows Judas is going to betray him. He looks at Judas, I think in Luke's translation and says like, whatever you're going to do, go and do it quickly. And then he turns back to his people and he gives them the greatest commandments. Like he didn't obsess and sulk and worry over the fact that Judas was about to betray him to the worst, worst death possible. He leaned in with the people that he loved because he knew how to put people in their places and therefore could give the people who meant the most to him more of his energy that is such such a heavy word right there i i feel like what you touched on too with putting people in their places i mean you talk about a basketball team i'm thinking of the scripture you know every the parts of the body exactly the parts of the you can't have five arms right you know in the church and we do that in the church we do or we try to treat feet like arms yes yes Everybody wants to be a leader. Everybody wants to be on the stage. Everybody wants to be seen. Right. And nobody wants to go clean the toilets. Exactly. And nobody wants to go teach in Sunday school. You know, it's everybody wants to be what's most seen or most popular. And we do the same with friendships. Mm -hmm. Everybody wants to be the best friend. Everybody wants to be, you know, the girl or the guy. And it's just not always going to be that way in every relationship. And you have to be okay with that because you're going to feel... I feel better when I know my place. Yes. I feel better when my friends know their place because then I don't feel guilty. Exactly. I'm a big fan of like DTR with friendships. Yup. Define the relationship. Like you're my, like my my best friend and I, like she is my person and she knows she's my person. And I tell her that often. And she tells me that often, you know? So I think again, like, I really think it all just comes back to like, just stop, like, stop trying to seem like you have it all together. And like, let's have some difficult conversations. Yeah, Everything would be so much better if everybody was having the conversation that we're having right now, <laughs> honestly. Yeah. yeah. And I've done that in my past with friends. I've made the mistake of being the one where I'm like, but I thought I'm, mm-hmm. I'm confused. Like I, mm-hmm. I put myself here when it comes to you, but you didn't yeah. put me there. And now when you're telling me the truth of where I stand, I'm like, I'm getting oh. mad about it, but I'm like, no, no, no. That's so freeing. Yes. That is now in yes. as I've matured as an adult, that is so freeing because now I'm free yes. to not feel all that guilt and shame all the time and all that like frustration. Cause you pent or up, just you the, built like, up yeah. and just like the tension and confusion and the fear and the anxiety. I literally just went yes. through this because the reality is sometimes people don't tell you what your place is with their words. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sometimes they tell you with their actions. Yes. Uh, that's worse. I would venture to say, but you have to be receptive to that. Like, you have to be yeah. paying attention and not gloss over things. Cause I've done that. Like I've glossed over things and been like, oh, I just like how things are. No, no. Yep. Like, People will tell you with their actions, what you mean to them and like, go ahead and like, believe them when they tell you. Yep. And don't make excuses for them. Cause yeah. I did that. You roll out, if you're rolling out the red carpet for them, if you're doing things for them, because you're like, I, I want that done for me. I would do that. Like, that's just natural for me, but it's not something that that's never going to happen mm-hmm. from that side. Or it's not, you know, say they're even in a busy season of life which is cool, Mm -hmm. but then it gets out of the busy season and Mm -hmm. you, you keep making excuses like, Oh, you know, they're probably just rebounding from that busy season or, 
you know, they're just getting distracted. Like all you make, we make Mm -hmm. all of these excuses for other people because we so badly want to be to them what they are to us. Exactly. And I feel like we would save ourselves so much time. And you know what? My brother's dating right now. He's 24. He's single, ladies. He's single. He's adorable. Message me if you want his number. <laughs> or message me and I'll give him your number. Yeah. How about that? We won't make it weird. He's going to kill me for saying that. But <laughs> he's dating right now. And I just told him the other day, like, he just kind of went through a situation where there was a no. Mm. And it was hurtful. And he was more into it than the other person was. Yeah. And they had a conversation. It was actually really like honest and respectful. It was a DTR and it was like, Hey, you know, we tried this. It's not working on my end. Yeah. And yes, it, it hurt a little bit. It stung at first. Yeah. But he called me a couple of days later. He's like, you know what? The, I feel so much lighter. I have so yeah. much more peace. And I said, you know why? Because you're off the hook. Exactly. You don't have to keep trying to grasp when you're holding something with a tight fist that's exhausting. Try doing yeah. that for an hour. Try doing yeah. that for two. You are going to get wiped out and it it's hurts exhausting. and it stings. And you can't love other people in your life well. Like that's exactly. another thing Darius Daniel says, the people that mean the most of you should never get the least of you. Yes. And if you're holding on to that stuff, I think we get so caught on bearing one another's burdens, which is such a vital part of community and relationship that we forget about not casting our pearls before swine. And I'm not calling people that like are out of your life swine. I know like whatever, but like the two can go in, the two can work in tandem. And like, you need to know, like it's discernment. It's knowing when you need to bear somebody's burden. And it's knowing when you're casting your pearls before swine and being able to like navigate which one is it? Yes. Really, really good analogy. And I feel like when, because it's kind of like all relationships, we're just putting them all in the same hat right, and just yeah. relationships in general. It's knowing your worth and mm-hmm. knowing that when you are taking up space, when someone is taking up space in your life and you're rolling out the red carpet for them and they are taking up so much space because you're holding them in this place that they shouldn't be in in the first place. Mm-hmm. When you clear that out, you're making space that you didn't have before yep. for the person that will fill yeah. that, for the person that 100%. will. Because it's like I told my brother the other day, your next no is close, puts you closer to your next yes. Amen. And no's are not bad. We look at no's like, yes. oh, I feel so rejected. It's a rejection. I don't want to, we're afraid of it that we don't even sometimes try mm-hmm. things because we're so afraid of the no. But I'm like, get the no out there faster. Exactly. Like, the quicker you get the no, the quicker you move on to your yes. Yeah. Because not only are you time-wise freeing up your time quicker, but you also know quicker what you don't want. Yes. A hundred percent. And I think that applies to dating and to relationships, yep. like friendships. Yes. So how can we, with grace and love of Christ as Christians and just good people, how can we, without being a doormat, end a friendship with grace? Hmm. What are some pointers? Okay. So all of the, any pointers that I have are retroactive. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I definitely do not walk away from the three relationships that I lost in uh, 19 and 20, like scot-free. I was not 
I did not handle them perfectly, but the best advice again, actually, this was not my therapist. This might've been my pastor, um, was giving people an A when they've earned an F and having to like really, really implement that in my life. Not just in theory, like letting people off of the hook for things that they were never going to apologize for, not, you know, like forgiving them when they weren't sorry before or after the friendship breakup, like I think forgive, like true forgiveness where you want good things for this person makes the whole thing so much more full of grace. And I, but I also think you have like a responsibility to be honest. Look, I'm a big believer in like, if I quit texting you and we never talk, that's a really easy out. And like, maybe, you know, like I think people ask me all the time, like, does a, does a big conversation need to happen every time? I don't think so. Like I I don't, sometimes both of you can let it go at the same time. And maybe you even like still check in every once in a while, but like, that's ideal to me. I stop chasing you and things just kind of fizzle out. Well, essentially Um, you're just giving them what they want. Exactly. So they should be happy. Right. You'll be happier. Right. And, and that, you know, again, is like just discernment, I think, you know, but I've also, I have also been in like very toxic borderline abusive relational situations, um, where these people were like telling me who I was and it was completely inaccurate and went against who God says I am. And, um, one of them, honestly, like my husband had to be like, you have to be done. I can't watch you do this anymore. I cannot watch you get hit over the head with a two by four every time you're in this person's presence and come home crying. Like, and, but at the, you know, it's crazy as I'm saying that, but at the same time, I just stopped texting her and then we never talked again. So maybe you just stop texting people. Hey, <laughs> like maybe that works. I'm all for it. I feel like the, the pathway of least resistance is sometimes yeah. the best. But then, uh, but I have had a situation, another situation where we had, like, I had to be literally say, I'm done. I'm done. I can't do this with you anymore. Again, like you're telling me that I am someone that I know that I'm not, I'm not perfect, but I know that I am not this person that you are trying to tell me that I am. I can't take this anymore. I'm done. And like, that was it. Like, and I really genuinely wish her all the best and all the success. And it took me a really long time to get over that, but not to like, not answer your question, but I just don't know if there's a formula. Like, I think it's so every relationship is so different. The history is different every time. And then the current situation is different every time. And so I've been in both. I've been in the, like, we just stopped texting and I've been in the like, Hey, I can't, I can't do this anymore. I'm done. And that was really hard and devastating and made me look like the bad guy. Right. But in the end was definitely the right thing to do. Wow. I think you're onto something there. I really think that sometimes just letting it fizzle out is That's better. Ideal. It is. Well, it's better for your emotions because you're yeah. not getting all worked up and having to like you know, put on your armor just to have this conversation. And this this other person's not going to get another word in edgewise, essentially, especially if they're being bullying. One thing I will say though, about like the whole, like, I'm just gonna, for me, it was, I'm going to stop giving so much of myself. Yeah. Someone that I'm not getting a lot back from, Right, but you can't do that in a, um, scorekeeping way. 
Right. You can't do it because I've done that before too. You can't do it in a scorekeeping way. You can't be like, I texted them last and I haven't heard from them since. And so it has to be like, I release this person and I release myself. And like, that has to be the way that you do it. Because if you do it in a scorekeeping way, then you're like, you're still like holding one to something. Right. And that's not fair at all. I like what you said about if you can, you know you that you've forgiven somebody if you can wish them well. And I've heard that said another way as well. And it within the friendship breakups and things that I've been through, I heard something similar. But for me, it was really tangible in the fact that if you can't bless every category of someone's life, like mm. I bless so-and-so in their finances. I bless so-and-so in their job. I bless so-and-so in their marriage. Mm -hmm. I pray that it flourishes. If you can't do that and rattle those things off, you haven't forgiven them. Yeah. I completely agree. And, but okay. But at the same time, I will say that does not, that is not a switch that flips. Like, of course that is, and I, I think sometimes we, we rush that process Mm -hmm. because we think God's up there with a stopwatch. Like, come on. Yeah. I've yeah. gotten there yet. Let's do it. Right. But no, like God understands our humanity and he understands pain and he understands that these things take time. Like, look, the like worst of the worst of all of my friendship breakups happened in like August, September, 2020. Mm-hmm. It is August, 2022. And I just got there. I so get that, but so, I feel like it's a good, because when I first started doing it, I didn't mean it. Right. <laughs> I would say, I'm like, I don't mean this at all. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good discipline to just, to lead your heart. It's like worship. Sometimes I don't feel it, but sometimes we just need to say the things to lead our heart to that place. Because when I started doing it, I had been in that place for, I milked it. Yeah. I milked it. I sat in it. I bathed in it. I showered it. I was like, same. this is, it defined me at that point. And I was like, this cannot define me anymore. And how do I, and I was desperate. It was a mentor that I went to that I was like, how do I get out of this? Because I'm consumed by this pain. I'm consumed by honestly, this shame and negative thoughts about myself because I'm holding on to who they thought I was. And I don't know how to claim who I am while also loving who they are. Ooh, same. It was hard, but sometimes that discipline of just, I'm going to write out a couple things. Yeah. And we're going to start with the simplest, like yeah. their kids, their innocent and all this, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I can pray for their kids. I, I can, can pray that. for their kids. You're innocent. You are yeah. little angels from the Lord. You know, you just start there and you work your way up. And one day I started to mean it and I got freer and freer and freer. And maybe that's something where we just start to lead our heart out of that. The I next thing that. I wanted to address is you talked about like bullying and friendship mishandling because that is that one's really hard. That's hard to get through. That's hard to rebound and resolve, but that can also cause trust issues <laughs> in the future. Yeah. So how as adults do we navigate new friendships or even friendships and relationships that we have where we're like, is someone going to blindside me? Yeah. So for a really long time, that Drake song, no new friends was like my life song. <laughs> Um, yes. I like used like hashtag no new friends. Like it was my job. I mean, I was 
firmly in the camp oh of like pure, like stubborn disobedience. I was like, I don't give a crap that we're meant for community. I don't give a crap that you want me to forgive people. <laughs> I am done being burned three back to back in a year. A little, a like lot. it's a lot. And so, and some of it was like public and it was, like, it was just terrible. And so I was like, no, I'm done. I'm done. I've got my husband. My husband's my best friend. And he is like, he is my best friend. Grace for husband. Uh, like I, I mean, like I'm telling you, I was dead set. Like I, I don't need any friends. I don't need friends. Um, God won't let you That's stay really there. That's really easy for eights to do. Oh, I, the so way, so easy. simple to just be like, I'm good. I don't I'm need nobody. Good. I'm funny. I'm entertaining. Yep. I've got great taste. I don't need none of I y'all. Kids. I make my own people now. Exactly. Have you made people <laughs> yet? I made people. Like. Right? So I stayed there for a while and here's the bad part. Like to a degree on the surface, I was okay. Yeah. All right. You know, now I think if I hadn't been married and had really great kids, I probably would have like sunk into a depression, but (laughs) I was like surrounded by people that loved me. And, but for me, that, that was a season. It served a purpose. I probably had a bad attitude about it retrospectively, but I do think it was this like, circling of the wagons where God was like, these are your people. These are your people. Not everybody is your people. That's okay. Yeah. Um, and then, um, I had made a friend via Instagram. Like we became friends on Instagram, like four years ago, like before crappy Christian was a thing. Um, but we had like always stayed in touch. We'd moved from like Instagram to texting to like Marco Poloing. Um, and then, um, it was literally like one day God was like, it's like, it's time. I would, mm-hmm. she and I were just talking about this the other day. Cause I was like, no, no, like, no, I, I can't. I remember like crying. Like, I can't do this again. I can't go yeah. through this again. I can't put myself through this again, but also was still holding on to shreds of what those other people had told me. And so I was like, why would anybody want to be friends with me if I'm such mm-hmm. a bad friend? And so, wow. but like, the really cool thing is that God like God used her name. Her name is Kylie. God used Kylie in my life to heal old wounds, to set upside down views of myself, right side up. Mm. And to remind me that I am like worthy of love and of friendship and give me a level of friendship that I'd never had before. Um, and so for a little while I was fine with just that. It was my husband and my kids and Kylie. <laughs> like that was it. That's great. But I think it like you have to give yourself grace. And if you need to take it slow, like I don't think that's a bad thing. I don't, I do honestly retrospectively regret my attitude of like, screw it. I'm never having friends again. I wish that my heart would have been a little bit more gentle and positioned towards what I knew God wanted for me. Um but now, like, I look at my life and, like, it, the beauty of it, the beauty of it is that people are where they belong. Not everyone is in my bedroom and yeah. not everyone is in my living room. And, like, that's a full life. That's a life full of love because it's love at different stages and different seasons and different, like, levels. And I think that I know that I had to heal from my stuff before I could welcome someone else's stuff in Um, because there is a responsibility in relationship to bear one another's burdens. And my burdens were so freaking heavy that I couldn't burn. Like I couldn't bear anybody else's. Um, 
And that was lots of therapy. Lots and lots of therapy. We are fans of therapy here. We're big fans of therapy. Therapy and Jesus, all of yep. it. It's it works in tandem. And meds. <laughs> and me- yeah, whatever you need. Yep. God love you. You you get what you need to live your life and to do your best every day to wake up and be who you're supposed to be. Yep. You touched on it a bit, but the actual hope for new friendships. Mm-hmm. Ooh. How ooh new ones is so hard, especially as adults. Yes. It is so much harder. It is so much harder. And no one tells you as a kid how much harder it is, but it is so much harder as an adult to hope for new friendships because what do you do? Like, right. Go up to a rando. I've done that before. Do you like, do you just go up to her and be like, Hey, no, okay. Or not like like a rando, but like one of my sweetest friends at church was somebody that worked, uh, worked childcare for my youngest. Um, and so like every Sunday, or she worked it a lot. Like it wasn't every Sunday, but it was like every couple go right. in there and her and her husband will be working and I'd hand her my baby and we'd talk for a minute. And so finally after church, after probably, probably like six months to a year, I like caught up with her after church and I was like, Hey, let's hang out. She was like, okay. And like now, like our husbands are like, they have such a bromance and our kids are obsessed with each other. And like, she's one of my sweetest friends. And so sometimes it does take like stepping, like that was so out yeah. of my comfort zone. I'm ballsy and like, aggressive but that was a lot (laughs) I love that and as an eight that's something I would do right I I get that do you have any suggestions for somebody who say is a more of a two more Mm. of a you know how would they go about and maybe it's not going about it maybe it's just like are we just praying about it every day and asking God to bring someone into your life or are we getting up and being like, okay, I'm going to put myself in places mm-hmm. to make friendships. I think it's prayer is like the foundation of it and being open to like that God may send you into something that might be a little bit uncomfortable Yeah, and listening to that. Like even as an eight, that was uncomfortable for me to like walk up to Callie and be like, Hey, we should hang out. Like our families would mesh together really well. Let's hang out. Like that was not, that was not comfy for me, but we still five years later talk about it all the time. And she's always like, I'm so thankful that you just like walked up. We're like, Hey, let's be friends. You know, I love that. But it was, I was in a season of just asking God, I was like, I don't, I don't know. Like it was, you know, and I think I was in a season of like the Holy spirit was having to pray on my behalf because I didn't have words Mm. and I didn't even know what I was praying for. I really did it. I was like, I don't think I want new friends. <laughs> yeah. So like, I don't know. Uh, I want what you want. I want what you want. Good. That's is, a good prayer. That's a really good place to start. I want what you want because we know the answer. Like we know that the answer is that he wants community for us and fullness and relationship. But he also wants like those relationships to be safe and for other people to bear our burdens too. And so- yeah. I think praying about it is, and like, if you don't have the words asking him to pray on your behalf, that's a really good place to start. That's a great I'm not a big fan of like the whole, like just going up to somebody at a coffee shop and being like, Hey, should we be friends? Like that I'm feels a little weird to me. Yep. Honest. Yep. Yep. You know, if it's yep. like a barista that you like go to this coffee shop all the time and you've yeah. talked a bunch. Okay. That's different. But like, please don't, let's not go sit at strangers <laughs> tables and be like, hi, yes, let's be friends. Yes. Cause I've seen that advice on Instagram as well. And I That's don't, weird. Yeah. definitely don't do that to me. Cause I'd be like, <laughs> who are you? I have are no you? concept for you. Are you a serial killer? Like we don't, I don't even know. It's so funny when you get to be an adult because 
for me, when I got married, I'm like, yes, I'm out of the dating game. I don't have to do this anymore. Like I hated dating. Oh, me too. I, I don't know. I don't know if y'all feel the same way. I hated dating. I didn't even because, have to date for that long. And yeah. Oh, I'm thank I thank Jesus every day. Thank you, Lord, that I got married before apps and stuff. Amen. Because I my personality would just probably not do very well no. with the games people play these days and how no. that all works and the new terms and all of that jazz. Just couldn't do it. So thankful every day. However, just when I thought I was out of the dating game, that same feeling that I hated, that first date, that first like getting together and starting over with your history, starting over with someone just getting to know all the little things about you. Because if you're gonna be open and have anyone get close to you mm -hmm. or come in your living room or even get to your bedroom, like if, if you're gonna be all in about this, like you've got to actually let people in and you've got to get, Ugh. you have to get through the awkwardness. Yep. And that's what I think a lot of people are deterred by mm -hmm. me. Understandably. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's just, it's awkward. And yep. Um, do you have like a Bible verse or a piece of wisdom or something that through your friendship breakups you clung to? Ooh. Hmm. I think it was not so much a Bible verse, but the idea of like your identity is in whose you are and who you are. And if somebody tells you something about yourself that goes against what God says about you. That's not to say that you're not open to constructive criticism, but if they are telling you something that goes against scripture, you're allowed to hold that up to the fire and be like, mm, this doesn't hold up. Yeah. And you don't, you don't have to believe everything that everybody tells you about yourself. That was hard for me. And I think too, just like you said, you want to not be closed off to constructive right. criticism and maybe that for you is getting your whoever your group of like wise counsel that's in your bedroom already to like yeah measure up against that way check you're, it against them yeah check it against yeah. them and if it doesn't check out just be like okay, okay. no mm -hmm. thank yeah. you next yeah I love that that's really really good who is your hope hero do you have someone who's like a hope hero for you that just does it well and you're like man I would take a piece of their hope Mm. Uh, I have a really incredible like business and life mentor. Her name is Jennifer Allwood mm -hmm. and she's, I would take a piece of pretty much everything she's got to offer, <laughs> but hope for sure. She wrote the foreword of my book. Uh, and like so mm -hmm. much of what my life looks like today is honestly because she gave me her hope and her faith. If I can grow up to be her one day, I'd be perfectly happy. I love it. I, I remember hearing her voice on yeah. the audio book yeah. and she yeah. sounds lovely and everything she had to say about you and your book was wonderful. If you could give one piece of encouragement or challenge or anything, the floor is yours. Just to say to someone who is going through a friendship breakup or just the light bulb went off and they're like, oh, shoot, mm -hmm. yeah. I need to start a friendship breakup. What would you say to them right now? I think I said this already, but just to reiterate, like pruning feels like killing and God is going to cut things out of your life and people out of your life because he knows things and has heard things that you don't and haven't and trusting him and not white knuckling those branches will make the process so much easier 
and pruning always results in fruit. And so like as someone who has walked through this valley with you, um, who has had their life pruned down to stubs, um, I can tell you now, and it took three and a half years, my life is full of fruit, both in myself and in the presence of the love of others, that it's so much fuller than it was before I lost those relationships. Um, and sometimes like people, like you're just not meant to take them with you and that's okay. That's awesome. Well, thank you, Blake, for giving us insight into this really vulnerable piece of your life, because it's not easy to share that with anyone in your life, let alone people you've never met before. So thank you for being vulnerable and thank you for towing the line really, really well between challenge and encouragement for us, because this is a tough topic. It's so close to the heart Mm -hmm. and it's such a tough thing through this life because being built for relationship, building new ones and tearing them down is probably the greatest work we'll ever do. Mm -hmm. And it's not something I take lightly. And I love that it's not something you take lightly. So thank you so much Mm -hmm. for being a part of the podcast today. Thank you for having me. This was so fun. Is she the real deal or what? You guys, Blake was so transparent about her own experiences. I am both challenged and encouraged to be that transparent within my own relationships. And I hope you are too. Head on over to at Sentiments with Sarah on Instagram to let us know what you thought of this episode and what your takeaways are. If you liked it and would be so kind to give us five stars and a review, I would be so grateful. Or share it with a friend who you think would benefit from this conversation. Next week, we are going to be talking about how to have hope in the midst of divorce. I know this is a sensitive topic for many, as the numbers reveal that divorce affects nearly half of American families, and it is just as consistent within the church. I am incredibly honored to have one of my very best friends, Kate Jenkins, join us to share how she has walked this incredibly difficult road with both grace and love. Her story will spark something inside of you, whether divorce is a part of your story or not. So tune in with us next week as we hear how God's faithfulness continues to unfold in her life. Until then, don't lose hope.